game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. On his backhand, surveys a shot off the pass. Koskinen, rebound, Chillington. Here's the dish in front. Anderson shoots and scores. On the left shoulder, Miko Koskinen. Well, that turns out to be the game winner tonight. Rasmus Anderson, 257 into the third. The Calgary Flames win game one of this best of seven series. 9-6. That's right, 9-6 over the Edmonton Oilers. Calgary led early. 2-0, 51 seconds into the game. 3-0, 6.05 into the game. Somehow, though, it was tied early in the third. After trailing 6-2, the Oilers rallied to make it 6-6, but then Calgary's able to put it away. Matthew Kachuk with a hat trick tonight, and that is the summary of game one. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on 630 Chet. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. A memorable game to kick off the first Battle of Alberta since 1991, Rob. And a lot to talk about and credit to the Oilers for actually making it a game when it looked like uh, about halfway through it wasn't going to be 9-6. It looked like it might be (laughs) 12-3. But I I do think that there's a serious problem here for the Oilers. And I know the regular season is, is a long time ago now. But there was also a game between these two teams that ended 9-5. And in both those games, the Oilers simply had no answer for the pressure that the Calgary Flames can apply. Well, every team has strengths and every team has weaknesses. Uh, If you look at the Edmonton Oilers, their weakness is when they play against hard forechecking teams. They get in, puck in deep, and they throw everything at you. And we've seen that. Uh, you know, throughout the year. I know that the Edmonton Oilers play better at the end of the season, but when they got matched up against a team that plays this style, sometimes the warts show. And that's what the Calgary Flames do. They get pucks in deep. They did a good job keeping it away from the goaltenders so they could force the forecheck. They get in their physical. They don't give you time to think. And the Oilers on the back end are not big, big defensemen. So when they start getting pressured with, with... the weight of the opposition, they have a hard time making plays. So that means you have to make your play before you start thinking about it. If you're getting the puck and then looking to see where the puck goes, it's too late because Calgary doesn't give you that time. Uh, and it, it, it paid. The others paid through the first 40 minutes because they just couldn't get the puck out of their own zone. They didn't get any offensive time. Uh, they, they Every time they got the puck finally out, it was time for them to change. And then that just allows the next Calgary Flames wave to come out. Because the next group comes out, they throw the puck back in, and here we go again with another four check. So Calgary is a good hockey club. Uh, They are able to do more of the things that they want to do against Edmonton than they did against Dallas because Dallas just played a very boring, low-event hockey game, and they just completely collapsed. The Edmonton Oilers want to play more up-tempo, and that allows Calgary to get pucks, turn it over, and then get their four check going. There's that uh, old saying in football that you try to hit the quarterback early so he feels like he's going to get hit on every play, even if he isn't. And and I think that sort of applies here. And we saw, first of all, credit to the Flames. I mean, and this wasn't a mistake. That's This is how they play. When they're on their game, this is how they play. Like you said, they, they come at you line after line, and they force mistakes. And then they force you to make mistakes when you do have time. And, and I'm, I'm only going to pick out a couple plays, but there were many. Uh, Evander Kane in the third period had the puck on the left wing, top of his own circle along the boards, and blindly shot it up the boards. And it got held in by Calgary. Why is he doing that? He probably thinks he doesn't have as much time as he did. And then the Kachuk breakaway goal that you know pretty much put it away. At that point, it's 8-6. I don't think the Oilers are going to rally again. That's you know Leon Dreisaitl at his own blue line. Uh, hurries a pass, puts it in. I think it was McDavid skates bounces back into the zone and and Kachuk gets a breakaway so I think that's an example of what the the flame I mean obviously it pays off if you can actually go in and body check a guy and steal the puck Mm -hmm. or free it up but it pays off because now if an oiler defenseman is going back to retrieve retrieve a dump in or if an oiler forward is getting a pass up the boards to start a breakout 
they're thinking, oh, my God, I don't have any time, even though they maybe haven't taken a split second to look to see if they do have any time. Well, you make them nervous. Uh, they're stressed. And you're right. If, if, if every time you go back and get the puck, you're getting hit immediately, immediately. Well, now your first thought is, hey, I got to get rid of the puck quick. And you're not looking. You're not trying to make a play. You're just desperately getting away from yourself because you don't want to get caught with the puck deep in your own zone, turning it over. And then the times, as you said, where you have a little bit more time, well, you're already like gun shy. It's like, oh, I got to get rid of it. And that's what teams do. And, and good teams, they, they get in hard on the forecheck and they, they make the defenseman uh, start looking over their shoulder quickly. It's almost like, uh, okay, where is he? Where is he now? Is he this way? Is he that way? And you start focusing on getting hit or avoiding getting hit and stop focusing on making a play. And that's where the turnovers are. And then good teams, and Calgary is a good team, they can read where the puck's going to go. Okay, now we've got them running around. If that forecheck, if Milan Lucic is going in the left corner full speed and Barry knows it, well, Barry's only play is to rim it hard all the way around the other side. Now, Richie reads that. Milan's going there. Barry has to move the puck here. So now Richie's already read the play. So when the puck goes to the other side, Richie's already hitting that player. And it just continues to go that way. And eventually, uh, an Oiler defender will fall or, or, or be taken out of the play or lose his positioning. And that's where the Calgary Flames start to take advantage of it. Now they've got a step. They go to the net. Someone now has to leave his man to go take the guy that just beat your other guy. And that leaves his guy in front of the net open. And you really need all five guys in sync defensively to be able to defend that. And if there is any hesitation, well, you see what we saw through the first 40 minutes where Calgary Flame players wide open in high danger scoring areas because guys have had to leave their positioning to help someone out. And it, it, the nine goals, I mean, it, this easily could have been 12. Seriously, 13. Koskinen made a couple big saves. Smith made a couple big saves in grade-A scoring chances that uh, the Calgary Flames dominated this game. And, and I, I know that there's, we're going to take solace in the fact that the Oilers came back and they made it 6-6. Six, six. But let's be honest, that was because of Markstrom. That wasn't as much that the Oilers played better. That was the fact that the Calgary Flames goaltender had a meltdown because the, the Calgary Flames had this game completely in control until Markstrom let in some bad goals. Yeah, I, quite frankly, that was one of the worst games I've seen Markstrom play. And, and, and the Oilers still were fairly handily beaten, like you said. So that's... Uh, that's uh, and, and, and Reed, that, that, that hurts if yep. you think about it. You've got a, a guy that in Markstrom who any other season, his stats would make, would make him the Vezina Trophy winner. Yep. Any other season. That's how good he was this year. First round, he was excellent in the first round against the Dallas Stars. Not as good as Edmonton, but still a good team. He had an off night, a really, really bad night. And as a team, you didn't take advantage of that because history says Markstrom's going to be better as this series oh, goes he, on. Yeah. And the, and the one night that you had uh, had him on the ropes where he was terrible, and he was terrible, you still weren't able to get the win. Yeah, I mean, his history would suggest he won't have another game like this for two or three months, right? So yeah. I don't think you're <laughs> going to get it in the next uh, in the next two weeks. Flames take it 9-6. Let's go back to the Saddle Dome. Here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Start. Uh, well, um, to a man, not one of us um, uh, was anywhere near where we needed to be to start the game. Um, you know, you don't draw it up, uh, giving up two goals on missed assignments on the first two shifts. We gave up a goal at the start of the second period as well. We fought back and made it a game, but uh, we can't feel good about that in, in any way um, because... He scored six goals in a game and he found a way to not win it. Um, so there's a lot of things uh, for us to clean up and uh, we'll go through the tape and give our team something. Is that too reminiscent of that 9-5 game a couple months ago? Yeah, you know, a little bit different. Um, you know, we scored on the first shift in that game, uh, and it was 3-2 at the end of the first period. But um, bottom line, too many goals against, and uh, to a man, all of us can be better. Bottom line, you got nine even strength against you last game. Mm -hmm. I think seven tonight. Yeah. That's obviously way too many. If yeah. you on the power play, that's fun. What you, what you well, we scored six even strength as well, and that goes to my point of uh, we scored six goals, and that should be enough to win the game. There's a lot of things that we can do better, um, and we will. 
So you've played two excellent defensive games to close out the last series. Yeah. So it's clearly not a game plan thing or a physical thing. It's a mental thing. You're starting yeah. slow, and you guys just couldn't turn it around somehow. Uh, I would say physically. I, I didn't like the way we skated in the first period. I, I didn't think uh, we were on our toes or assertive in any way. Um, mentally, for sure, um, we missed some assignments. Uh, we got pushed off a few pucks. Um, in the end, we weren't good enough, and they made us pay. Um, the one thing I... You know, the one thing that we talked about was not having any independent contractors. So when the game got to 4-1, uh, 5-2, uh, I thought our team did work uh, to make a game of it. But in the end, uh, as I said, we scored six times. There's no way we should not win that hockey game. So it's so frustrating to get it to 6-6 six, six and then immediately. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what, in between, in between uh, periods we talked about the team that's going to get to their defensive game first was going to win that game. And, uh, you know, we turned some pucks over after it was 6-6, six, six, and uh, it ended up in the back of our net, so not good enough. Um, you know, as I said, we scored six goals on the Calgary Flames in their building, on their starting goalie. That should be enough. Um, that should be enough to win the game. The, the physical element of this series, everybody knows it's going to be physical. Darnell yep. said the team wasn't hard enough tonight at all. You got a few guys that you look and say, hey, guys, like, we got to get collectively as a group. Well, I think that goes goes to Speck's comment. Uh, you know, like, uh, you know, I think it was physical. I think it was a physical attachment to the game early. I think if you look at the game sheet, uh, Connor led our team in hits tonight. Um, you know, well, you know, it's a good thing for him because he's playing hard. Um, but we can ha we can have more physical attachment to the game to me that's not even the finish check or the scrum sometimes it's just the 50 50 uh battle it's um body position net front how hard you are around your own blue paint how hard you are in front of the other team's blue paint we weren't good enough to a man all of us but Jay, it seems in a series like this against a team that plays this way that guys are going to have to play a little bit uncomfortable. Did yep. you have enough players willing to play uncomfortable tonight? Not tonight. We weren't good enough tonight, Ryan. Um, you know, I didn't think our power play was good enough either. That's a form of our toughness as well. If a team wants to take liberties, to, for us to be able to sting teams on the power play, I didn't think we were sharp. I thought it was symptomatic of the rest of our game. Um, in the end, we scored six even strength goals. We should win that game. And... To me, um, you know, in those type of situations, you should be hanging your hat on your defensive details, and for us, they weren't there tonight. So does this game just hit you over the head that after the last two games you played and say, where did this come from? The last two games against LA were so good. Yeah, I, th I think uh, what we realized is tonight was worth one game. Uh, we're 0-1 in the series. Um, we have a lot of really good um, leaders for players. Um, we're going to go back to the drawing board and address some issues that showed up. We'll work at our game and uh, we'll be ready come Friday night. Their penalty kill, Jay, is very aggressive. So yep. You're powerful. You didn't like the Christmas. Is it the Christmas, but it's also you just have to match the work ethic, and, and how do you beat that aggressive PK? Yeah, I think, um, you know, in the regular season, we, we handled it pretty good. Tonight, I, I just thought it was symptomatic of the rest of our game. Thanks, guys. That's Jay Woodcroft after the Oilers lose game 1-9-6 in Calgary. He talked about the power place, Rob, for Shield Foundation Repair. Fix your foundation today with safe and effective repairs. Visit shieldfoundationrepair.ca. The Flames go 1-3 for three on the power play. Kachuk scored in the second period. And, yeah, the Oilers were 0-4 for four and not dangerous with the man advantage tonight. They weren't. Well, first, before we even get into that, this is uh, 15 goals scored in a hockey game and only one on the power play. Uh, I mean, you do your over-under, all your things before the game. I don't know if I ever would have put money on something like that. 14 even-strength goals in a playoff hockey game. Uh, yeah, the Oilers' power play was not good. Uh, the, the, it started with face-offs, and it seemed like, which is weird, on a night that Leon was really good on the draw, and normally the Oilers win, seem to win every face-off at the beginning of a power play. It seemed like they were chasing. They would lose the face-off. It would get shot down. And the Calgary Flames were aggressive everywhere. They would be aggressive into the offensive zone, forcing uh, Barry or, or Bouchard to, to take a little longer than they wanted. And then they lined up across the blue line. And they forced turnovers on the blue line. And it got to the point where Connor was just trying to take the puck in and get a shot on net. 
but when it didn't go in, they iced it back down again. They weren't crisp. They didn't, to me, it wasn't executed well. They just didn't, the passes weren't on, the decision-making wasn't there. Uh, the times, times they got a shot, it wasn't on net, or when they shot, there was nobody in front. Uh, this is a game where their power play, in a game they lose 9-6, their power play a couple times in this game could have made a difference and changed the way that this game went and didn't. And that's rare for the Edmonton Oilers, that their power play was a momentum killer as opposed to a, a game changer. So the Edmonton Oilers power play has got to get much better in this series. I, I, and I agree with Bob what he said earlier. The Oilers do not win this series without a good power play. So it has to get better next game. That's our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line. 9-6 Calgary is the final. We do turn on the Japanese Village goal light because the Oilers got to five or more. Go to 630ched.com, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Okay, you're going to hear from Darnell Nurse, and uh, we're also happy to hear from you on the hotline powered by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty Pro all the way, 780-496-0063. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Dry and Cassian reunited. Turned over by McDavid. Kachuk fans on a wrist shot left circle. Got it back centered. Control denied by Miko Koskinen. Again, wide open in the slot. Well, Koskinen made some pretty good saves, even though he will take the loss in this game. That's the save of the game for Reface Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation. Don't replace Reface. Koskinen stops 32 out of 37. Smith stopped 7 out of 10. He was pulled 6.05 into the game. Markstrom stopped 22 out of 28. The Flames win 9-6. It's a $600 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They give 100 bucks every time the Oilers score. Let's go back to the Saddle Dome, courtesy Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Here's Darnell nurse. Darnell, much anticipated. Uh, you guys come out and have an awful start. Do you have any idea how that happens? Yeah, awful start. Move on to the next one. What, uh, you guys obviously wanted to bring more qualities to your game, Darnell. What was missing the most, do you think, in that first period? Oh, uh, come out, jump, and get three on us and you know you're playing you're chasing the game from there so uh we have a better start uh for game two there a lot kind of reminiscent of that 9-5 game uh, a couple months ago did you feel yeah some similarities going into the third and um had a we tied it up and didn't get the next one was that a tough point you battled so hard to get back to 6-6 six, six, and then a couple of minutes later they scored again on yeah, um, I mean they 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 played uh, you know made the most of their opportunities, the got the crowd into it, and long series. It needs to change from a defensive standpoint for you guys. Obviously, the last two games against this team have not been good from a defensive standpoint. Yeah, I can't give up nine. Is it the nine or is it the forty-eight shots and all the chances? Is it usually the forty-eight and all the chances lead to the nine? So, gotta, gotta clean that up. Darnell, this is a bit of a recurring theme at times with your group to try and get started on time and try and bring your best game from the opening face-off. Uh, is that getting frustrating as a group? I imagine you can feel it while it's happening, and how do you try and turn that around as a group? No, we're capable of it. I don't think we're frustrated at all. We're capable of it. It's uh, This is game one of a, a seven-game series, so we know it needs to be better there in, the, in, in game two, and we'll worry about taking care of that. We can do it. Darnell, do you feel as a group, as a whole team, Calgary, and it's obviously within the rules, but they're very physical on Connor and their star guy. Do you guys need to match the physicality of the Flames in game two? It's going to be a hard physical uh, series, and we weren't hard enough today. Some people may look at the goaltending tonight. What would you say to that? We gave out too many grade A chances. All right, that is Darnell Nurse. Well, Rob, what do you say? He sounded like Daryl Sutter. Yeah. It was a Daryl Sutter interview. <laughs> well, I, mean, it is, I, I, I think what happened is pretty simple. It's repairing it and winning for the next six games. That's 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 the challenge. Well, it is, and um, 
It's a group that's frustrated. Uh, they're not happy with the way they played. Um, you know, there's there's ha over half the team hadn't been on the ice yet before their first shift, and they were down 2 nothing. So it's like you're, you're sitting on the bench, you're all excited, revved up to play a hockey game, and your first shift on the ice, you're already down 2 nothing. the place is going absolutely crazy. And you're like, okay, what happened here? Um, so th that that's frustrating for the team. Uh, it's it's tough coming out and answering questions after a game like that, and I'm sure that Darnell Nurse, there's a lot of things he'd rather be doing. It's part of the game, but still it's frustrating. Uh, this is a team that the Oilers, did, they didn't play well. They didn't get saves. Their power play wasn't very good. And, and it's funny, there's really nothing that you could say, well, okay, they did this well tonight. There was really nothing they did well tonight, yet, you know, five minutes into the third period, they were tied. So there are some things that they can take from this saying, you know, going forward, okay, we got to clean up. We got to do this, but we're capable of scoring six goals on this team. I mean, we've, we scored five on this goalie uh, earlier this season. So uh, the ability is there. They just have to be much, much better defensively, like much, much better. It, this is the LA Kings, but there was a breakdown against the LA Kings. The LA Kings had one, maybe two guys that were capable of capitalizing. Well, the Calgary Flames have four guys that had 40 goals. Right. I mean, they've got three lines that are very capable of scoring, and their fourth line scored one goal tonight and actually probably could have had two, two or three. So you can't make those mistakes against this team. They will make you pay. Uh, they'll go back. The thing is, if the others come out and win the next game in Calgary, they go home with a split. No one's going to remember this game tonight. But to do that, you're going to need a different effort. You're going to need a different physicality. And you're going to have to see a team that does much better under pressure. And I think that was the biggest thing tonight. And what we saw the last time these two teams, I think it was last time they played, but the, the other nine goal game yep. is the Oilers, when they were under stress, did not respond well. And I think that's something that the Edmontoners have to do better. And that might be having guys come back lower in the zone, uh, looking to hold guys up and like let Mike Smith play more pucks, uh, having better communication. There's all kinds of things that they can do better but they're going to have to because the Calgary Flames are going to come out just as hard next game as they did tonight. You think Smith starts the next game? Oh, 100%, yes. Okay. 100%. Uh, he, he's, he's their better goaltender, and it's a bigger game. Yeah. 780-496-0063. We will welcome uh, Bob on the Certainty Hotline. Bob, go ahead. How's it going tonight, guys? Good. Uh, full credit to Calgary, even though I'm an Oilers fan. Uh the defense was way too passive tonight. First goal, Bouchard standing in the corner, looking around. Uh, two goals, Darnell Nurse, no physicality in front of the net. Just way too passive. The most physical defenseman they had tonight was Kulak. And he's a skater. He's not a physical presence out there. Not supposed to be anyways. Well, I think that yep, shows Kulak, you know, it went to the Stanley Cup final last year and is probably knows he has to step outside his comfort zone. I, I mean, I can't argue with anything you said, Bob. I, I also think it was, I mean, Ryan Nugent Hopkins twice in the first period, Rob, passed to nobody. I mean, like literally mm -hmm. passed to nobody. Uh, and well, you it, can find and that and up and down the line. Stress. Yeah, that's stress and pressure. I mean, Connor McDavid had more giveaways tonight than, well, the last two months combined. Leon Drysaddle turning the puck over. And again, any player with time and space, I don't know, you could take the 15th forward and the 8th defenseman on any roster with time and space, they can make a good play. Uh, when you pressure them, it starts to get harder and harder to make that play. And the Edmonton Oilers tonight, under stress, with players coming down hard on them, time and time again, couldn't make the plays they needed to make. And... Uh, it cost them. It cost them in turnovers. It cost them in uh, defensive zone time. It cost them in grade A scoring chances against. They've got to be better. And they, they're capable of being better. Uh, I know that there's probably a lot of people that are, they saw this game and said, you know what, this, the, the others aren't good enough. But they are good enough to, to win this series. But they have to be better. And the biggest, there's a few things. they got to get a save. They've got to shore up defensively. And their power play has to be a difference maker. If they get those things, three things changed around next game, they could have a different outcome. If any of those aren't changed next game, well, then they're going to be coming back down 2 nothing to the Calgary Flames for their next home game. You know, I'm just, there's a montage here online of all nine Flames goals. First one, 
Lindholm's left open. Smith probably should have had it. Second goal, Smith, uh, Nurse slow getting to a guy, but he's also outnumbered mm -hmm. two on one in front of the net because two Oilers went to the guy behind the net. Third goal, Kane is pushed off the puck. Rich, Richie shoots, but it also is one Smith probably should have stopped. Fourth goal, Oilers outnumbered in front of the net. Nugent Hopkins is late getting back. Uh, fifth goal uh, is tip from the point. Yeah, you'd hope Koskinen could have caught that one, but okay, it was deflected. But even still, it was that was that was that the Coleman one where he yes. was all by himself yeah. in the slot. Like there was nobody near him. Six. So that goal. was a shot pass. So, so I'm sorry, I'm watching these live, Rob. Six goal. Oh, give Chuck credit. He bats <laughs> it out of the air. That's a hell of a play. Uh, mm -hmm. Seventh goal. Like Anderson walks in from the line. There's nobody near him. Uh, eighth goal we talked about. Drysaddle passes it into I don't even know if it was McDavid or somebody else. Does it? Doesn't I think matter it was Pulleyarvi. Okay, I thought it was Pulleyarvi. Hits someone, skates with it when he had time to make a play. Chuck gets a breakaway, and then the empty netter. So look, the Flames are going to make plays. They're they're talented, but you're also handing them opportunities, which which doesn't help. So. And, and we've talked about this a lot. When the Oilers struggle, they as you said, they they uh, self-imposed wounds, and against a lot of teams in the NHL, it doesn't come back to bite you. Against the Calgary Flames, it certainly comes back to bite you because they got so many skilled players. Funny, I got a I got a lot of text tonight, uh, Reed, about two different um, plays, rule rule play rule uh, rules for the National Hockey League that a lot of people didn't know. Oh, good. I think uh, the I got one the was answer the answer for at least one of them. <laughs> Well, I see. I knew. I knew the answer for the one. The, this is the, the first one. wasn't as much as the, it was the Kachuk goal, where the puck went outside and came back in. And I, I was wondering on them, like, okay, is that offside? Because he passed it out, and it went off an Oilers skating back in. So I wasn't sure about that one. Obviously, it, you're allowed to if it goes off. The, yeah, Edmonton Leon was passes it off for his own going guy. back into the zone. So he's on. And side. the other one, and it, it, and the other one is the penalty. Now this one I knew because it's it, when I played, it happened all the time, and. So when two guys get a penalty at the same time, so there was a penalty to uh, Shillington. Yep. He was getting a penalty. And then all of a sudden, Kachuk and Kane got coincidentals. And all my buddies are texting me, well, why does Kachuk get to come out? And it's a rule. It goes to the point where if two guys get it at the same time for one team, the coach gets to decide or the captain gets to decide yeah. who he wants on the board, who, who he wants to come out. And they pick Kachuk, smart play. He's coming out in an offensive situation. And I've... I, kept telling my buddies, no, this is the rule. You're allowed to do that. But it's hard one to understand because it looked like it should have been Shillington's number up on the board. Well, and the thing is, and I saw some of the chatter online, and I actually I checked with Team Tim Peel by text, and plus I, I checked it in the rule book, and it was absolutely correct. Mm -hmm. So, and I know people are saying, well, Shillington got a penalty, and then Kane and Kachuk got coincidentals. But, that's, yep. but they all happened at the same time. Right, the clock mm -hmm. stops at the same time, so the the refs don't say, okay, well, because you two guys punched each other, that's actually the offsetting penalties. No, it's three guys. Nope, you always get to decide. Same. Yeah. Yep. And in in in, I mean, it's it's not a hard coaching decision for Sutter right there. I got Shillington in there. I got Kachuk. Well, yeah, I want Kachuk out. He's a forward jumping out, and he can just jump out with his line. But again, just a little teeny thing that. Uh, the coaching decision to have him come out, they score a goal right off, right out of it, and and it's uh, just one of those quirky rules in the National Hockey League that uh, worked out in Calgary's favor. All right, the Flames win at nine six. Uh, we got more post game reaction coming up, more of you as well. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. He'll take a hit from Rooney, but gets it to Svechnikov. Kane's able to make some change to the personnel. Especially gets it to Smith. His rocket doesn't get through. Knocked down by Truba. Yeah, that was the other NHL.
NHL game tonight, 2-1 in overtime. Carolina over the Rangers. The scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Here on 630 Chad, Calgary 9, Edmonton 6 in a crazy game one of the first battle of Alberta in 31 years. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Greg standing by. Greg, go ahead. Hey guys, how's it going? Oh, goalie guy, Greg. Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, I don't have any goalie stats tonight because they're probably still trying to calculate all that stuff up. So, <laughs> uh, um, but um, anyway, excuse me, sorry. I had a uh, uh, question about the Kachuk uh, thing, but you guys answered that, so that's good. So, I just got a, a few things I'll go over. I'll, I and I'll and then I'll hang up when I'm done. Um, so, first things first. I think they had way too many turnovers. I don't know how many they they've had. So, um, but. Okay. Um, the spot was wide open all night. All night. Like, there was so much blown coverage. And what I see uh, Calgary trying to do is basically running the Oilers out of the ring with heavy play and hits. So, I think the Oilers um, need to use their speed to counter that by moving the puck quicker and forcing the heavier, slower players of Calgary to move laterally um, because they can beat them with speed. Um, and I know Calgary is hitting hard. Yes, they are. Being hit wears on you, but sort of throwing hits. So I think if the Oilers can use their speed and, and, and their puck-moving ability uh, in the defensive end, um, it's going to work good for them. Like L.A., they crash and bang their young defensemen, and I, I see Calgary's trying to do that now too. But they, the Oilers have the speed and, and skill that they can they can, they they can do that and wear the flames down. And the last thing, sorry guys, is the chats between Kane and Kachuk in the penalty box on TV tonight were awesome. But like I, like Don Cherry says, don't read, don't read lips, folks. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. There, a few things there. It was funny. I was giggling the whole time. Kachuk and, and Kane are going back and forth. And but the funniest is, and it's not funny for an Oilers fan, but the funniest was after Kachuk scored, they so showed Shillington in the penalty box, look over at Kane and smirk, like <laughs> one nothing Kachuk on that one. But it is entertaining, and that's something to watch the entire series because Kachuk likes to talk, and so does Kane. Uh, and then they, they'll line up together against each other a number of times. As for the a couple of the other points that that, that was just made by the caller, one, it 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 wears on you more being hit than getting hit, one hundred percent. The the team that is more physical, they're wearing the other team down. So that that is a <laughs> the Oilers are going to want to hit back. And B, yeah, the Oilers do have to use their skill. They do have to use their speed, but the Calgary Flames are fast too, and that's why they're so good at getting in on the forecheck, is they got fast wingers and they get in there and they pound. So the, the, the Oilers are going to have to do a better job of reading the situation, of getting better support, better communication in their own zone, and hopefully Mike Smith has a better start and allows him to stay in the full 60 minutes and relieve some of the pressure of the forecheck by getting out and quickly getting the puck off his stick and out of the, the zone as quick as possible because the Edmonton Oilers spent way, way, way too much time defensively taking on water over and over again because the Calgary Flames... Uh, four check was so strong speaking of uh hitting i set the line at nine and a half combined hits by cassian and archibald set the line for river Cree resort and casino excitement bet on it archibald four hits now i just take this off the game sheet cassian mm -hmm. with zero tonight vic yeah, took I the under he gets a 50 dollars river Cree resort and casino gift card i believe that and a couple things a i didn't notice cassian in this game and normally front and center is Cassian in a Battle of Alberta game. Uh, one of the, two of the reasons, one, he plays on a line that doesn't play a lot once you fall behind. And, and the second reason, uh, the others didn't get a forecheck going throughout the entire game. And Cassian and, and Archibald, they're physical when they throw the puck in and get the forecheck going on the opposition's defense. But the Oilers just spent so much time in their own zone through the first 40 minutes that they never got their forecheck going. So the Oilers got to be much better on the forecheck next game because the Calgary Flames, uh, their defense isn't as skilled and as quick as the Edmonton Oilers' defense, and you can win races. But first of all, you got to get the puck and come out with uh, as a group to be able to cre create a forecheck, and the Edmonton Oilers weren't able to do that in game one. Uh, Lucic uh, got mad at Ryan McLeod with nine seconds left. I'm not really sure. Where, I, I didn't see McLeod do anything to him. Um, well, and McLeod doesn't seem like the player the that would. 
Yeah, and then Luch kind of chased him and, and slashed him, and then Cassian came in. And it's funny, the refs just ran the time off the clock. They were still, they were just <laughs> like, yeah, we're not going to, we're just going to get everybody off the ice here. Actually, Lucic, had, he had a good game. He was effective in this game. He and Richie on their fourth line were effective. They, they got pucks in deep. They were physical. Uh, again, that first period might have been the most uh, physical I've seen any team against Connor McDavid. Uh, three times he took big hits. Uh, they have a game plan. And tonight, for the majority of the game, the Calgary Flames were able to uh, get to their game plan more so than the Edmonton Oilers were to get to theirs. Okay, we'll go to Kelly as well on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Kelly, go ahead. Hey, uh, how are you guys tonight? Good. Good. I just have a couple comments. I, I, I listened to you guys. I agree 100%. I just think the Oilers did not move their feet a lot tonight, especially on the power play when they're trying to gain the zone. The flames were all over them, and I just think the, the Oilers, you know what I mean? I, you know, I think the Oilers, or the Flames won the game, but I don't think they were as good as the Oilers were bad tonight. And, I mean, that's one thing that, you know, I think the Oilers can take encouragement from it is if they just put a full 60 minutes together, they, they, they're in the series. Yep, this well, series is yeah, I mean, it's, like to... it's a long ways from over. Yeah, it's the Oilers are a good hockey club, and the one thing that we've seen under Jay Woodcroft is uh, if they have an off night, they get back to basics very quickly in the next game, and, and I expect them to. I don't know if the Oilers win the series or not, but I believe this is a six or seven game series that eventually a bounce here or a bounce there will dictate which team moves on to the next round. But series is a long way from over. This is one game, and uh, the Edmonton Oilers will be better next game. And I expect the Calgary Flames will be better, too. Yeah, I mean, we're going to find out, right? That's the joy of the playoffs after game one of the yep. L.A. series. We were talking about Mike Smith, you know, gave the puck away. Is is he going to have a bad series? Is he going to cost the Oilers the series? And then it, he had two shutouts in the end. So, yeah, over the next 10 to 14 days, we're going to find out if this game was a, a footnote towards the result or if it was an <laughs> indication of how of how it was going to go, for sure. Uh, let's go back to Calgary. Leon Dreisaitl, uh playing hurt, obviously, able to pick up three points tonight. Here he is. Hey, can you just maybe explain kind of what you saw at the start and just what was lacking? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you go down 2-0 um, before it hit, hits the 19-minute mark, um, on the clock, it's obviously not a good start. So um, clearly, we we weren't ready, and, and um, it's tough tough to uh, play catch up for for the whole night. You did catch up. Uh, you got it to six six, uh, and then kind of similar stuff from the start. What, what did you feel after six six? Because you clearly had a lot of the momentum at that point. Uh, yeah, just a couple mistakes um, collectively, individually um, that ended up uh, right on their tape and. and back of our net so uh, there's a lot of things that we obviously need to clean up the, your coach said that between the second and third he said whoever finds their defensive game first can win this game you guys just put together six great defensive periods to finish your last series and you just never find your defensive game tonight does it where does it go how does it happen that way yeah it's just little little mistakes little reads misreads um, that you know we obviously have to fix very quickly how much of an adjustment? You played LA, they sat back in that 1 3 1. This team comes out of four checks, but they also, through the four check, they outmanned you, and it changes things for the forwards. So you got to support a little lower. Just, it's, it's a bit of an adjustment, isn't it? Going uh, yeah, for sure. It's, it's a different team. Uh, it's built very different, very uh, very different system, but um, it's nothing that, that we haven't seen before or nothing that we can't handle. It's just a lot of. Um, Obviously, you're not going to win any games if you if you get scored on nine times. Uh, there's no no secret to that, and I think we can all um, be a lot better away from the puck, and that that obviously starts with myself. Leon power play went 0 for 4 today. What can you say about the opportunities missed when you guys had the man advantage? Well, we didn't really get any momentum going on our on our PP. It's uh, another thing um, that you know we, we're obviously looking to improve and, and be better next game. All right, that's uh, Leon Dreisaitl, who is uh, going to be our fourth star of the game tonight for Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, head to sentinel.ca. The three stars picked in the arena, Kachuk, Anderson, and Coleman. A uh, lot of flames were candidates to be one of the three stars. Not very many Edmonton Oilers tonight. Louie is on the Certainty Hotline. Louie, go ahead. 
Hey, fellas, thanks for taking my call, and thanks for calming me down. I was driving around the terminal pretty mad about that Kachuk goal, but thanks for explaining <laughs> it to me. Um, I was just thinking, you know, Chris Russell, he blocked a lot of shots for us. I got nothing but respect for him, but I think he needs to come out. Brad Malone needs to come in, and he needs to just strictly get limited minutes, and every time he's out there, hit everything that moves. And tell me you guys wouldn't pay pay-per-view money to have microphones in the penalty box. Thanks, fellas. Well, interesting <laughs> concept. I, I'm not comfortable with uh, with n- a nasty language. So <laughs> it would have to be a uh, it would be a cable <laughs> show only. Um, there would have to be a disclaimer at the beginning saying, "All right, there may be words here that you do not hear normally at Sunday school or at the grocery store." Uh, it, and it's funny they just kept going back to them time and time again. And like neither one of them shut up the entire. No, usually time they were one guy's kind of like, "Okay, buddy, like I'm not going to talk to you anymore." But, but no, not well, there. They, and they were and they were talking over each other, so like it was like not listening to the other guy. And that Shillington was in there just giggling the whole time. But I was at my I was watching or my wife was talking about it. Is it like it's the 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 guys that are working the clock. They're all sitting in there, and they're like, okay, what's he going to say? Okay, then, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that one. Oh, I didn't know that about that guy. That Oh, that was his wife he just talked. I mean, it's like he, it gets a little personal. And uh, But it was funny, And but that's just the animosity between these two teams. Uh, they don't like each other. And right now, one team's goal, well, both teams' goal is to move on to play in the next round, and one team's not going to be able to do it. So uh, they're not going to be happy. So they're making sure that uh, everything is left out on the ice physically, verbally. Uh, and that's what makes this... This is why I was excited about this series, series read, because you're going to see everything in it. Uh, both teams have got talent. Both teams have got physicality. There's nastiness. This is going to be... This is just the beginning of a long series. So if this is game number one, bring on game number two, because there's going to be something that happens in that game that we're going to be talking about afterwards and for the next two days, too. Chris Russell played 520. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he came out. I don't know if Brad Malone would be the guy going in, or if it'd be no, it, it'll be Fogel or or, or Fogel, right? And you got Broussard as well. But yeah, probably you'd put yeah. Fogel back in. Yeah, I believe it'll be Fogel in the next game. I don't. This is a little off topic, but did you watch the Ranger Carolina game today? I, I, Rob, I couldn't get it on any of the channels here at Rogers. I was, well, it, Keller and I it, were talking about. We were both searching for it. We couldn't find it. So I, I watched it, and it was a one nothing Ranger lead. And in the la- and in two minute span, in the third, with like m- just minutes to go in the game, they gave up two breakaways and a two on one, nursing a one goal lead. And Carolina eventually scored on the two on one. Uh, New York just fell apart just defensively. We talked about bad defense in this game tonight. One nothing lead, not to be able to do that. But Carolina's good. They had a good. It was two completely opposite games tonight in the National Hockey League. A defensive gem and a gem without defense. All right. <laughs> Flames take it 9-6. Uh, we'll get to a couple more of your phone calls, and you'll hear from Daryl Sutter as well, the coach of the Flames. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Okay, Stampeders over the Elks 9-6 tonight in game one of this best of, oh, sorry, Flames over the Oilers 9-6 in game one of this best of seven series. I was wondering where you're going. I'm like, oh, my God, the CFL started? I didn't know that. You got <laughs> oh, me. Oh, by the way, they they got a CBA, so uh, everybody's getting back to practice, and there's going to be uh, – there's already a preseason game on Monday between Winnipeg and Saskatchewan, so I'm glad that is uh, that is dealt with. That's another story from tonight. Oh, and in the news, Jason Kenney uh, resigned as leader of the UCP, yeah. so I'm sure we'll have he, a lot of He won the vote. That. Yeah, he won the vote, then quit. Yeah, well, he's, I guess he didn't win by enough in his mind. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure our morning show and uh, Shay and Jaylen will be covering that uh, tomorrow. Lots to talk about, but uh, we're focusing on the Oilers. Um, I mean, this is so weird, Rob, because like I, I, I say that they were badly beaten tonight, yet it was a tie game at the start of the third period, <laughs> or early in the third period, after Yamamoto scored, and uh, and the Oilers did, did rally, but I think it was more on... Like you said, Markstrom having a bit. I mean, I, I jotted down some notes throughout the game. Uh, where was this? At with 13:24 left into the left in the second period. So how much is that into the game? 26 and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. The shots were 31-8 Calgary. 
and it was yep. 5-1 for the Flames. So, I mean, even if the Oilers, even if Calgary was playing without a goalie, uh, they only would have been down three goals. <laughs> and by the way, this is a team record. The Oilers allowed 48 shots. That is the most shots they have ever allowed in a playoff game that didn't go to overtime. Wow. I mean, a, I mean, if you're... Go on. I was going to say, it's also a league record. NHL Public Relations tweeted this out. Fif- 51 seconds, fastest two goals to start a playoff game ever in the NHL by the Flames. I believe that because it was pretty shocking. You just sit down in your chair and all of a sudden, whoa, ooh. Yeah, and Leon talked about it. I mean, a number of players hadn't gone on the ice yet, and they're coming out trailing 2 nothing. The one thing that uh, is worrisome for an Oiler fan is just the, the Calgary Flames, that's back-to-back games where they've dominated teams. They yeah. did it against the Dallas Stars, and they did it against the Edmonton Oilers, but what they've also shown that when the puck is not going in or when their goalie's not making saves, they can find ways to win in close hockey games as they found a way to beat the Dallas Stars in a game that they badly badly outplayed them and they found a way tonight in a game where they should have won 10-1 or should have been up 10-1 uh it was tied 6-6 in the third period and then they took it up another level they got better when the game tied in the third period so uh the calgary flames have a very good hockey club uh the edmonton oilers uh, are a good hockey club as well but they made way too many mistakes tonight and they did not execute the way they need to do against a good hockey team like calgary all right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Pat has called in. Hey, Pat, go ahead. Yeah, I'm calling from Cornell, BC. I used to live in Edmonton. Um, I got a couple things. That uh, penalty thing with Kachuk and, and uh, coincidental minors. When did they change that rule? No idea, but it was I've, enforced correctly. I've, I've played, so I, I've been retired forever. So I think I started playing about 30 years ago. I've always known that rule. As, as far as I can remember, it's always been I mean, that. I mean, if, if you watch the, the broadcast, uh, Craig Simpson didn't even know about it. And he played in the NHL. <laughs> yeah, I, right? Yeah, it, no, it, he it, didn't it's even an know odd about one, it. but, but they so, always, yeah, I remember that because they, they always, the ref will always come over to the bench and say, which guy do you want to serve it? And then you'll look yeah, and say, okay, I, we I want, didn't okay, know we about that, that rule. I didn't know about how the how, what the wording was. Anyway, uh, a couple other things. Edmonton's going to have to get some some uh, uh, bigger guys in the lineup because if they're going to allow Lucic and Stone to run around and do whatever they want, this series is going to be over in five games or more or less. And I I understand that the the kid is is you know going to be an up and comer, but Evan Bouchard, even in the LA series, looked like a deer caught in the headlights, and he they're making Duncan Keith work way too hard, having them paired together. They need to get somebody bigger out there. Well, I well thought- the problem is, the problem for first of all, you, you keep saying get someone bigger. I just don't where are you going to get them? Who are you getting that's bigger? I mean, right now the Oilers got for Forge Broussard, who's not physical at all, Devin Shore, who's not big or physical, and Fogel, who I believe will be in next game. And on the back end, uh, they had seven defensemen in the lineup tonight. They don't have a physical defenseman that they're going to bring up from the minors to play. This is this is their lineup. Yeah, you're right. And I, I think uh, I, I thought Bouchard had some good games mm-hmm. against the Kings, yeah, no, but, it, but he did have a yeah. couple tough games, and he's. I mean, but again, saying an Oilers player struggled tonight is I'm reluctant to single a player out because they all made some pretty egregious errors. Like I said, even the top guys made some uncharacteristic yeah. plays. But yeah, that's, and that's that's part of, uh, you know, the discussion about Bouchard for a lot of the season, though, is how does he handle the physical play? And that's why you said, Rob, and, and I think we're, everybody's pretty happy with the Kulak acquisition, but did they need a right shot, beefy guy back there? It just to me, especially if, if Cody Cece goes down with an injury, then all of a sudden your right side is Barry and Bouchard with zero zero physicality. Um, but I mean, yeah, Bouchard, he's got his ceiling is high, but again, he's a young defenseman that is very good with time and space. But under pressure, we've seen him get rattled at times, and the Calgary Flames know that. Uh, that's I mean, there's not a single player on either team that hasn't been scouted and they know every single strength and every single uh, deficiency in those players games and now they try to exploit them 
and the Edmonton Oilers weren't very good tonight at exploiting the, de the deficiencies uh, on the Calgary Flames players because the, they just never got a chance to. Uh, but they know what they need to do, and they'll be better next game. I, know, I don't know if I'm not guaranteeing a victory, but I guarantee the Edmonton Oilers will be a much better uh, team for, out of the gate next game, and they'll be much more competitive because even though this game was 9-6 and at 1.66, the Oilers were not competitive for... I would say 56 minutes of this hockey game. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. They, this would have been a theft if the Oilers would have won it. And again, like I said, after game five against L.A., you can't argue with that. you got to get to four games before the other team. But it, it would have been a theft if the Oilers would have won this game. I mean, unless maybe if they came out and dominated the third, then you'd maybe say, okay, well, they, they picked it up. But, yeah. They, which they didn't. And, and they got that's the... That's when, whenever, Yeah, they, they got that tie, the tying goal early in the period. And at that point... You should have seen the Flames crumble, and you should have seen the others take charge. And the opposite happened. The Flames got better. Well, but it's like the point you make, too, though. There, there's so much energy into that comeback. Mm -hmm. It's sometimes a relief. It, I don't know. Like, tying the game might also – tying the game feels almost like a victory. That, yep, oh, oh wow, we were down four, now we're even. And then, what was it? It was less than two minutes later, Adderson scored, and then – well, the problem is when you're coming back from big deficits, you have to be perfect the rest of the game. And they weren't. And eventually the puck's going to find its way back into your net. So it just you're right. There's so much energy. takes a lot of players out of the game. So now you've been play, riding these same players over and over and over again because those are your offensive weapons. Then now it's a tie game. Well, the guys that you now you're going to try and get more guys involved, but those players have sat and haven't got the ice time and their legs are... Uh, a little, uh, they feel like stone. The focus isn't there that it had been because they've sat for long periods of time. So it's tough. And you can't continue to ride the offensive players because they're just gassed from playing every second shift. So uh, we, we see it in the playoffs. We see it in the regular season, but more so in the playoffs. The team that score first, they usually win because the other team chasing just expends too much energy and eventually it catches up to them. 9-6 Calgary wins. Namudi is on the line. Namudi, go ahead. Just coming back from the Calgary game, we're actually in Calgary, and uh, the atmosphere was actually pretty good. Like people, people there were pretty nice to us. We we're all we we're all wearing our Oilers gear, but uh, everyone in our section was pretty nice to us, and uh, we enjoyed the game. I mean, like the Oilers could have been a lot better. Obviously, they, they tie, even though they tied at six six, like all the Flames fans were were like. You know they're they're on edge, of course. But like you can hear a pin drop in the arena. Honestly, hmm. like I've I've went to I think three games in the first round in Edmonton. Edmonton fans uh, and the like Rogers Place are way more loud. It's 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 a way better atmosphere to watch it in Rogers, obviously. But I'm an Oilers fan, so I'm kind of biased. But uh, <laughs> I, well, now I'm gonna talk about the game. So uh, honestly, I think we can win the series. We just need to, like, Dreisaitl, like, he's injured. Everyone can see that he's injured. And he can't, like, he made so many mistakes that are usually, like, uncharacteristic mistakes. So I don't think we can run the 11 and 7. I don't think we can. I think we need to bring Fogel back in the lineup. we got to pull Russell out, limit Dreisaitl's minutes, maybe put him on the third line, or maybe he can center the third line and limit his minutes down there, put him on the power play. But, like, I know he's, he had three points, but he was just, abysmal today. I, 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 that's, what, that's what I think. I think we can win it. We, if we have average goaltending and we can run our at least three lines, at least three lines, and compete, obviously. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I got. But we're on our way back from from Calgary. We're, the, the road is uh, it's pretty dark and pretty grim, but at least we get to listen to you guys. Pretty happy <laughs> well, about that. Thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks for that. Drive safe. Drive safe. I, yeah, very, very drive safe. I guess we know Dreisaitl's gotten it out. What did he play mm -hmm. tonight, 22-something? Played quite a bit. Where's well, first, sheet, they're not going to put him on the third line. He's going to play left wing on the first or second line, one of the two. Played 21-59. Uh, he can't play center. Be, he, can't, he can't move the way he needs to move he, in, the, in his defensive zone. He won 50 And when you have a high ankle off. sprain. Yeah, he was, well, that's that's all strength. That's upper body strength and and coordination, which he is. Uh, he's got both. But the problem with high ankle sprains is when you have to go from one direction to the other quickly. As we saw, when he goes straight, it's fine because the taping job that you have keeps your ankle in place, and you don't have to twist it. But if you're facing one way going and you have to stop quickly and go the other, that hurts. And I think that's where you see when he has to 
adjust from offense to go back to defense, that's where he's going to get it's going to be problems for him until he gets it healed. And normally high ankle sprains don't heal unless you get complete rest. And then even then it takes a month or two. So it, it'll be tough for him, but he, he will get exposed at times defensively. If a defenseman tries to jump past him, as we saw Anderson do tonight, that's going to be tough for him to be able to have that quick twitch muscle to be able to jump quickly from one way to the other. He'll struggle at that. 9-6, the Flames take it. We'll get to Mitch up next on the open line, and uh, we'll get to some comments from Daryl Sutter as well. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Calgary Flames jump out to an early 3-0 lead. The Oilers rally from a 6-2 deficit to tie it. 6-6, but then the Flames get the last three goals of the game to win game one, 9-6. Back at it Friday night. That's a late one. Game's going to start around 8.45. Our coverage will start with the face-off show at 6 as we have Mitch standing by. Good morning, Mitch. Hey, guys. Uh, just kind of just wondering, like, what what's the deal with, you know, you guys thinking we should put, you know, Fogel in and instead of Russell? I mean, yeah, Russell's not what we want him to be, but, you know, he's you know, proven he's a shot blocker. We've been outshot for the last, what, I think three games in a row. Uh, Fogel has done nothing. And if we're going to take Fogel out, or sorry, Russell. Do we lose guy that can here and just, you know, make hits. If he's going to play six minutes, right? Russell played whatever you guys said, six minutes tonight. And a guy that can come in, maybe throw some big hits, set the tone, and answer the bell. I mean, like, Fogel's not going to be the answer. Russell's clearly not the answer. I mean, I'd li- I'm not going to sit here and crap on, on Keith, but Keith has, you know, has literally done nothing. And it's sad. He's not the guy that we want to be, but to continue to play the same guy, you know, that was a Norris Trophy winner and expect Norris Trophy numbers and minutes out of a guy that has literally put up. Sorry, sorry, Mitch, we we lost you there for a second. Who did you say you would put in? I would put Nemo Linen in, honestly, because, and based on that, we, you know, we played Russell six minutes. Okay, so would Russell, yeah, he blocked shots. He's a shot blocker, but Nemo Linen at least can throw a big hit and set the tone. And Fogel's not going to come in and change the pace of anything. All right, we need someone that can come in and throw a big hit and set the tone. And Fogel's not going to do that. Russell's not going to do that. And we're trusting way too much in Keith. And that's all I have to say. Well, so. the, the problem with that is Niemelainen wasn't good enough to play in the NHL this year. And you're going to put him in is to play against the Calgary Flames, who are one of the top teams in the NHL. And that's, I mean, that's a lot of pressure on a guy that wasn't good enough to be here. So I, I love a lot what Niemelainen does. I love his physicality. Uh, he plays like kind of like that Zadorov that the Calgary Flames have that you you always got to be wary of where he is. But the other parts of his game haven't been good enough to allow him to be an NHL player yet. So I'm not sure this is the time you want to give him his, his uh, present of playing in the National Hockey League. Uh, I like Russell. I do. And I, I have him in the lineup all the time. But when you're only playing six minutes a night, and you've got some guys up front that are hurting, maybe that's why you put 12 forwards in there and you pull Russell out. I like Russell. He'd always be on my team. But the, right now he's only playing six minutes, so obviously if he's not going to be playing for you on the back end, maybe find a little bit of help up front. And as far as Fogel going in, your options are Fogel, Broussard, or Shore. I mean, I'm fine with Shore as well if you want to go with him, but... Uh, there's not the options they don't have superstars sitting out right now. Yeah, I and I think that go on, Reed. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I, I, it's a good point with dry settle banged up. You may need to have 12 forwards. Mm-hmm. And I and yeah, like, that's just that's a thought on that. Yeah, and look, I I know I think Mitch is is hung up, but uh, like guys, it's it's absurd. It is absurd. The people calling on Dylan Holloway and Marcus Niemelainen and Stuart Skinner and Brad Malone to all play the next game. That is absurd, (laughs) especially with the younger players. Let's put these guys in, and they're going to save the season in game two of the second round after 
playing in the AHL for most of the year. I guess Skinner being a bit of an exception because he actually played in the NHL and has some good games. But I mean that that no, is yeah. that is an absurd comment to make. That is an absurd request to make of your team to take four AHL players and put them all in, and that's going to turn the series around against the Calgary Flames. Like I, I yeah, hope no. I hope Mitch, you realize what an absurd suggestion you just made. I mean, they weren't good enough to be in the NHL. So if they weren't good enough to play the the 82 games, they're not good enough to play right now in the playoffs against the Calgary Flames. Again, this is one game. The Edmonton Oilers have been very good for the last two months. They had a bad game, and they had an awful game. But I still I, I give them enough credit to think that they can bounce back with the players they have in their lineup to be able to do that. And whether yeah. that's putting Fogel in, and I put, I put Fogel in or a forward in just because Leon is banged up. So I would probably have go 12 and 6 just because of that. Yeah, and, and maybe some of those black aces will play along the way, depending at on At some point, long. if there's injuries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, you know, if, I mean, maybe you do give Holloway a shot at, at, at some point. But I, I think on the – like, if you were going to put a defenseman in, you'd put Broberg in. Yes. Like, he's got a he higher – and he, he doesn't he's bring... not as physical like Nima Line, but he's got a higher – he's got a higher end. Yes. So, but uh, – yeah, I mean, I get the no, frustration tonight, guys, but this is, like, Mitch, that's, ba- that's, that's, backup, that's backup quarterback syndrome. You know, like, well, our football team was losing by 30 points and we put our backup quarterback in and he went 7 for 8 with two touchdowns. He must be better. Well, no, it was garbage time. Like, let's, you know, let's be realistic here. The, the, the lineup they played is pretty much their best lineup with maybe a couple possible tweaks. Let's hear from I, I the. Uh, sorry, I, Rob, go ahead. I, no, no, the last. I just. I, I think sometimes when you have a bad night, you forget about how good this team has been, and these are the same players that went whatever twenty-five and nine or whatever it is under Jay Woodcroft. This is a good hockey club that had a terrible night. They'll be better. All right, let's go back to Calgary. Here's Flames head coach Daryl Sutter. Okay, out there tonight, Mr. Convert. do you want your group to take away from this one? Well, we could play better than we did tonight. Darryl, goals aside, what have you liked from Matthew's game over the last few games? I think there's some energy to his game, some emotion, controlled, which is good. Jacob Markstrom has had some stellar performances these playoffs. This isn't one of the best. What gives you confidence he can bounce back in game two? Because he did it all year. What did you see right after the 6-6 goal in terms of the way you're uh, We've responded like that pretty much all year. I mean, you've asked that how many times? I mean, even the last series, we were down 2 nothing in a game, one nothing after the first shift the other night. So, take the win, move on. Like what you had from your defense group in terms of just limiting the amount of opportunities Edmonton had tonight? I think so. I mean, it was a strange game. We scored in our first two shots. I mean, there was there's probably six different games out there. Did it feel like there was more space in the offensive zone for your players to work just compared to how tight it was against Dallas? No, I don't think so. I mean, we had our last game against Dallas. We took over 100 shots. Anybody else here? How jarring is it to go from a series where Jake Ottinger is stopping pretty much everything to a game where it feels like both sides are kind of scoring at will? Yeah, well, we were told that it was a boring series last time, so I told the players yesterday we got to score seven to ten goals today, knowing full of all that they'd probably score five to eight if we had it, and then we could win, so that's what we did. Expect the rest of the series, Daryl. I mean, it feels like. Well, if we score nine goals, we'll set a record for goals <laughs> and, and break the record for goals against, too. Was the atmosphere what you expected, more or less? Uh, I think uh, we've had a pretty good atmosphere since the playoffs started. A lot of people will say this reminded them of hockey in the 80s when it was a lot more wide open. Do you see the parallels at all? None. All good. All right, that is Daryl Sutter. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Oh, oh my so... God. I know that our microphones are off during all that, but I was killing myself laughing. I, I Seriously, I was. When he talked about it, I told my team that we got to score five day or 10 goals and give them five to eight because we were boring last series. I'm like, hey, seriously, is he thinking all day long? Yeah. If we, what can I say tonight? Uh, like it's, and then it's almost like th those reporters are like, okay, I, I just got to get one more word out of him. Like, just give me one. And they're just waiting. And he just says, uh, no, not at all. It, he's a good it's funny as bad an interviewer he, an interview he is he's that good it's almost like he's an evil genius i'm gonna give them nothing but it's gonna be everything and everyone's gonna be talking about it the next day yeah i've, I've never met him I, I i obviously know people who know him and who say he will oh, he'll sit down and I talk know to him. you for half an hour i know him quite well reed he was my coach yeah you and know him you know in a what? different way i don't know he didn't conversations he didn't like me very much yeah, he was he was not a big Rob Brown fan. It's funny. Uh, I played for him, and I, w I was nowhere near the kind of player that Daryl Sutter wanted. He was kind of gifted me, and it was a gift that he wished he could return. <laughs> Yet when I, I would run into him in the press box, and he was like the nicest person you've ever met, and he would sit down, and he'd ask about my wife, and he'd ask about my kids, and we'd talk forever, and I'm like, hey, seriously, what happened to you? You hated me. Like, now you're being nice. <laughs> um, but it's funny. All the Sutters, and I got to play. I played with Brent in, in Chicago. I played for Dwayne in the minors, and I played for Daryl in Chicago. And at the rink, there's this switch where they are just this intense, angry, just it, it's the, the focus. It is like, and then all of a sudden they leave the rink. It's like they're these incredibly nice people that you can sit and talk family with, you can talk weather, you can talk about anything, and they're just, it's like, okay, I, I, I don't remember this guy when I was playing for him. They're just two, they're completely different. Jekyll and Hyde away at the rink and away from the rink, but they have success, so they know what they're doing at the rink, and away from the rink, they're just wonderful people to hang around with. Okay, Oilers lose 9-6. Back for some final thoughts. Heartland Ford, overtime open line.